behavior, bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat. And Casey. Back at it, baby. Episode nine. Feeling fine. Feeling gotta, fine as hell. <laughs> I gotta always put those little rhyming words in. Yeah, until the numbers get like complicated. But... No, I'll, I will come up with one. I, hold me to it. All right. Love you. Love that about you so much. Guys, as always, thanks for listening. Subscribe to our shit. We've made it simple for you with a task analysis. Go on to your favorite place to listen to apps. Search Behavior Bitches on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalayan, as Casey, I think, is the only one who uses that. But <laughs> I think I'm the only listener on there. <laughs> when I click our if, that, if that's what you do, that's fine. Type us in there. We're everywhere. Click subscribe. Give us five stars. It is low response effort. And if you really, really love us and you want to be featured as our review of the day, put some kind words in there. And if you don't have anything nice to say, don't write anything. We really don't need that review. So thank you so much. Um, you could always find us. Our Insta handle is Behavior Bitches Podcast, Facebook, Behavior Bitches Podcast, and our website, which is still under a little bit of construction, but does work. And the contact form to get a hold of us works is behaviorbitches.com. I'm embarrassed to tell people about that website. So let's keep them DL. Um, <laughs> we're going to get, we guys, we are, this is total side hustle hang, like trying to build it. And we also have a lot of other shit on our plate, but we love this the most. So I'm going to read uh, the five-star review that we just received on Wednesday. That was so awesome. Um, the title was, it's not just an ABA podcast by Ford certified bad A with the money signs. Killer. I like that. Um, they said, Leon and Casey, I think you both might just be my spirit animal. You guys are amazing. Not only do you break things down and translate things into ABA, but you speak to many outside of the ABA world. I really love that this podcast can be a podcast to any novel listener. I like the way they use the word novel. And they'll completely understand what you guys are saying. From a BCBA standpoint, holy shit with little exclamation points. You guys are killing it. Please never stop this podcast. Well, thank you. And if you hear this, send us a message. Last week, a girl, Jess, was a reviewer. And she heard us. And she was so happy driving down the road. Like, whoa, that's me. So shoot us a message if that's you, board certified badass with money symbols. And right. sorry on the business side, if you really do want us to never stop this, come on, sponsor an episode. No big deal. Right, guys? Okay. Anyways, that's what will keep us going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, now to our big bad part of the episode. Casey? I am so effing excited to have this guest here. Um, well, mainly because... She's another relative of our bestie, Liat. Um, she is, is it Talia? Talia Solomon? Yep. yep. AKA Liat's older sister. So you must be, must be wiser. And also your arms are looking a lot better than Liat's right now. I can see them. She's Jack, guys. Um, she is a marketing queen going from top company to top company. Like Discovery, TLC, Showtime, Bravo, what? And now to WW, which is formerly known as Weight Watchers. Talia lives in New York City, big NYC, with her husband and her beautiful twins, Liv and Ellie. You've probably seen them on Liat's Instagram. If you haven't, go check them out now. Um, you can catch her in Spin, Barry's Boot Camp, apparently. It's, Barry's a big guy there. Um, and all the basic bitch stuff that New York City has to offer. 
Talia, we are so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Great to be here. Guys, this is a big deal. I just want to, th- okay. And do you think our voices sound similar? Yeah, by the way? I do. As she just said that, I was like, whoa, it's like hers is a little like softer and friendlier. <laughs> yeah, you are the husky one, like yeah. a cross-eyed husky sister. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I've, I've always been like that. But some people get our voices confused. So I just wanted to make sure that you could differentiate who's who. I think she was just like a little shy for a second. So, so she said got, it like, um, hi. Guys, I'm going to give you a visual description here. So Talia has a little bit darker hair and darker eyebrows, um, a little pointier of a nose. Uh, They have very similar cheekbones and smiles. Um, And again, her arms are a little bit more jacked than Liat. So that's what I'm looking at here. Uh, Just so you guys have a nice, you can drive down the road and get a visual description. (laughs) In case, in case you want to see. And the cool thing about her is if she leaves her eyebrows natural, she has one. Yep. Oh, like Frida Kahlo. Exactly. She has one. So she has this talent that she can have one if she wants. Um, That's what we love about her. But also a side note, something cool about my sister before she introduces herself. As you'll hear, this girl is an ambitious ass chick. She's been telling me since she was like three years old, like, sis, I'm going to make so much more money than you. You're going to be working with kids drooling on you. And I'm going to be there like, just I'll probably help you out if you need help. Just let me know. See you in the corner office. Yeah. <laughs> See you in the corner office. That's what she said. But why? what was I just saying about that? The thing about her is she is so driven. But, and Are you jealous? We, no, we're totally different. Totally, totally. I think we both definitely have our strengths. Yeah. Would you agree? Yes. Well, I can see like your driven strength and your starting study notes ABA and being like, I'm going to do this every day. I talk to you and I'm like scared shitless. You're like, no, we're going to do it. We're taking the world by storm. I'm like, okay, corner office. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, the main goal in my life is to hire my sister one day. Okay. And have that bitch working for me. <laughs> Love it. Life that will goal. be like a nice flipperoo. <laughs> Autism has no boundaries. Fortunately, neither do we. This is the slogan of the Global Autism Project, who we are so proud to talk to you guys about today. Are you burnt out, overworked, or tired of never-ending paperwork? I am. Well, what if we told you that there is a way to reignite your passion for the field while traveling all over the world and making a much bigger impact than you could have ever thought? Well, today we're letting you in on a secret slash amazing company, the Global Autism Project. Woo! Um, Yeah, we're so excited, you guys. Um, So basically, do you work with kids with autism? Yes, check. Okay. Or adults, anyone. Have you ever wanted to travel to places like Kenya, India, Indonesia, Czech Republic, and use your skills where they're most needed? Well, the Global Autism Project is looking for 30 therapists who want to break from the day-to-day hustle to travel to one of their 16 partner sites around the world and help train teachers in applied behavioral analysis as a part of their Skills Corps program. So volunteers spend about two weeks immersed in another culture, working with kids and teachers and helping the partners to educate local communities about autism. Guys, that is so incredibly cool. So exciting. Casey, I know this has been your dream to do forever. So I already I applied think... like five years ago and I'm, uh, I just, I was so talking with. Close... Yeah, this is the closest you've got to it, right? I'm so excited. I'm going to go one day, it. guys. I'm going to go. Don't worry. Now a question we asked is how is the work sustainable? What we learned is that Skills Court volunteers travel to partner sites three times a year. In between trips, Global Autism Projects, clinical staff communicate with partner sites on a weekly basis to ensure what each Skills Court team teaches is implemented and continued. Hashtag generalization, right, guys? And also, um, 
I don't know if you guys uh, listen to Ryan O from the Daily BA, but word on the street is he just did a awesome video about how to fundraise for this trip. Um, and he basically was saying it's one of the most incredible organizations that he's seen. Um, and we've actually heard from several previous travelers that the skills they learned when they were a skills court member has actually improved their training capability back home. You guys, you learn so much stuff. So um, why are we telling you this? We're telling you this because their application deadline is coming up. It is, I believe, pretty soon for their February trip. But basically, go to globalautismproject.org slash skillcorps and click apply. We're going to put this in our show notes. Um, and they're so generous. They've actually, if you listen to Behavior Bitches today, you can get the hookup. Uh, use the code, all caps, Behavior B, to waive the application fee. Hurry, this code is only good till August 8th, guys. So the deadline's approaching for the February trip. So if you are feeling like you need a restart, reset, go out and do bigger and better things that you know you were made to do, go to globalautismproject.org slash backslash skills corpse. It'll be in the show notes. Hit apply and use the code Behavior B. So what are we talking about today? What is our topic? Talia, I believe we're talking about marketing. And I, I hope that's that what we're talking about. <laughs> Cause that's, and I have to say, you guys are extremely professional. I had no idea that you had show notes, show outlines that we actually had some pre-work before this podcast. I kind of assumed that you guys just flew by the seat of your pants. Not that it sounds like that, but it's, Oh, you mean, um, really this, you mean this, you mean the seven minutes we prepared before yeah, this the seven minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that's our pre- pre- preparation. So <laughs> it is just flying by the seat of your pants. And I read What's it. And sometimes I read, well, I, yeah, but when I read the outline, sometimes I just black out and can't even follow it. And I'm just talking. That's probably because you know you're mean? drunk. Because you always <laughs> have a vodka water. Well, except for right now, because it's 214 in the afternoon. But yes, that's true. That's my superhero strength. You want me to talk about what we're talking about today. So we want you to talk about marketing. You work for Weight Watchers, which is a whole nother episode. And we are going to have to be on her ass to get someone who does. I know you guys actually at Weight Watchers have people who are either behavior analyst or responsible for behavior change. Am I right? Correct. We have an entire science team with a chief scientific officer who works with the best in class from a nutritional science standpoint, but also behavioral science, because our entire program is based on behavioral principles. So you guys would probably love to understand that better. I'm not the best versed in that. So I asked her to come on for that. And she's like, I'm not the best person to speak to it. She's like, listen, your scope of competency. Exactly. Exactly. She's like, my arms are already toned. I can't be talking about that. You know? (laughs) So I'd love to get our director of behavior change on the podcast at some point. So do you have um, BCBAs on staff or no? What is her title? She's a PhD. I, I know that her title is PhD, but I don't necessarily know what her doctorate is in, mm-hmm. but I'll have to find out and do that as a follow-up for you guys. But I think just understanding, you know, our program is based on, I think a lot of positive psychology. So understanding that happier people make healthier decisions And so there's a lot of that that's kind of woven into our program, but then also even the basics as far as if you guys have heard about our freestyle program, there's 200 zero point foods, which you don't have to track. And all of a sudden, I don't know what behavioral principle this is kind of founded on, but the second that you stop kind of obsessing over the inability to have or eat something, all of a sudden it loses its power over you. So the introduction of those 200 zero point foods, which you think people might go rogue it actually has taken away that kind of obsession with, and all of a sudden you don't necessarily feel the need to eat um, those foods as much. And it takes away that, that power over you. So I don't know what that behavioral principle is, but that's, that's kind of an, 
it's a foundational cornerstone of the program as well. But I have to think about that for a second. So basically it's um, before my wedding, I did it. Um, it's like you could have unlimited grilled chicken if you wanted. You could have unlimited bananas if you wanted. You could have unlimited. Did you say 200 or 2,000? There's 200 of those types of foods that you can have unlimited amounts of technically. So it's kind of like manipulating the establishing operation, right? You have um, free access to, okay, so, okay, you have free access to all this food. So you can eat a bunch of chicken, right? So you could become satiated on that chicken, or you could be in a state of deprivation if you think you're so hungry, but then you have all these other foods, right? That you can, you know, the establishing operation will evoke the behaviors to get those. If you have 200 lists of food, right? That's your... It also provides you with a replacement behavior. So anytime that you're like, I really want to eat personally for me, it would be like Sour Patch Kids, right? I love Sour Patch Kids. That's my favorite, Liat. Oh my God. Hands down favorite. But the berry flavor ones. Oh no, no, no. I hate those. Okay. No, no, no. You haven't tried them because I promise you they take Sour Patch Kids to the next level. But anyways, let's not talk about how many points those are, (laughs) Um, which by the way, Weight Watchers as a whole is a major self-monitoring system. Um, Talia also, sorry, I don't call her Talia. I call her Aya. Um, but you should know that when we gave, when you gave us those giveaways to give away on our Instagram, yeah. guess who won one of them? Casey? This chick never really? used it. Never used it. Wow. Have you been using it? No, I just never. Used it. Oh, never. Oh, I thought you had never used it before you won it. Okay. Still nope. haven't used it. You're saving it. I'm well, saving maybe- it for a, a, yes, a less stressful time in my life. Um, I actually couldn't even really log in. I think we talked about it before. Um, I'm an idiot, so tech, like technological stuff and me don't get along. But okay, well, I'll we'll have to help after. you with that. After we'll, this. we'll get on after. She's but, writing that down in her notes to get you on it. I love her. <laughs> um, so tell okay, you, so, can you give us a, like a, yeah. what does your job look like? What is your day to day as marketing? What is your title, first of all? So I'm the director of U.S. marketing, and I oversee the brand, media, and partnership strategy for WW. Obviously, with a larger team as well, and we have really strong folks that have a, bu- a bunch of really um, amazing functional and vertical experience. But then we also have I work with a VP and SVP who inspire me every single day and are just brilliant. So they're from the media agency side. So I think if you think about marketing and just to break it down, it's about getting the right message in front of the right people at the right time. And that's what we're constantly kind of tasked with. So when I, for example, when I worked at Bravo and I would want to drive people to tune into an imposter's premiere, let's say a Real Housewives of New York premiere, right? So I did. And just, I have to stop for one second because I happen to know from teaching study notes ABA that everyone is always referring to the housewives. Oh my God. Like one time, like we did a practice question and had the housewives and girls were like, like every emoji in the chat of our class are like, oh my God, the housewives, the housewives. I'm obsessed you with Bravo. You don't know anything about the housewives. You never I thought never it thought it was cool. Like the only thing I ever had was like, you would send me like gear with stuff on it. But I just know that people, you're, you're going to go up much more in their book. The fact audience. that you said, the fact that you said you worked at Bravo and guys, she's the one who left Bravo. They didn't tell her to leave. I mean, I that, didn't get fired. Oh my God. Guys. So she's a big deal. Whatever. Okay. Continue. So I guess getting the right message in front of people at the right time. Um, and I, and so, for example, just understanding who your addressable audience is and who's going to be receptive to your message. Because obviously, if you get a message in front of people to who don't really, let's say, give a shit about what you're offering or are not in the right mindset or mind frame um, to receive your message, then you're just going to be rejected and you're wasting your money. So, for example, if I'm trying to run an ad 
a commercial for Real Housewives of New York, you actually would choose where those commercials run. Would I run it in What's a really a nursing male, home, male like a male so, nursing home? No. Yeah. I mean, that's probably like the antithesis of where we would run. So, for example, understanding a that the creative is going to work. Right. We we worked work extremely hard to make sure that our promos were really compelling. That We probably would you know, pull out the most exciting fight or something that was going to drive intrigue for people who want to tune in. So that's the right message. Right. A message that's going to resonate and build intrigue. But then showing it at the right moment to the right people is choosing to put it into, you know, run it in the Kardashians, right? Because that's a like-minded audience, assuming that that audience also appreciates drama um, and, you know, likes female-focused or female programming. Um, so are we talking about Bravo now, not about Weight Watchers? I'm talking about Bravo because it's the easiest. But then- oh, okay. Then I thought you were saying, like, Weight Watchers, like, with the Kardashians. Okay. No, sorry. Bravo still with the Kardashians. But Weight Watchers, so for example understanding who are Weight Watchers is a little more difficult. And I have to say WW because I'm on the marketing team, I should probably understand or know the name of my brand, but it is tough. There's been a, there's been a slow adoption process of saying WW. Why did you guys switch over from Weight Watchers to WW? That's a great question. I think that anyone would know that based on where we are in culture, right. And diet culture and how it's poo pooed upon having a name like Weight Watchers doesn't necessarily have longevity or future proof our company. Um, and while weight loss is always going to be a cornerstone of our offering, obviously, you know, we are the number one, um, ranked weight loss program for nine years in a row by us news and world report. Yep. I said that data driven, data driven. No, but, um, you know, so that will always be a core competency and something that we would never abdicate because we know that we are the best at that, but we do believe that we can offer a more holistic wellness offering. So for example, um, if when you access our app, Casey, which will be in the next 48 hours, I hope, um, mm-hmm. not only do we have the number one weight loss program based, you know, founded on top of our smart points, which obviously, you know, you track your smart points and that um, leads to a really great um, and successful weight loss. But also we have access to headspace meditation. So obviously taking mindset into account and then also um, active. So that's our um, our audio personal training product. So you can work out. Oh, my God. My sister's husband is the best. He just brought me dark chocolate. Thank and you. he brought me sunflowers. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Mush, mush, mush. Yeah. Anyone who was following my story yesterday knew that like Ellen and I hated each other yesterday. So it's good to know that you're still hashtag life unfiltered and <laughs> things get better. Tell you, I wanted to point out something that you said, like words, you said like functional. Um, so you're actually focusing on like the function of what you're doing, which is amazing. And also what struck with me is um, you said that your VP and SVP and all these like names that you mentioned were your like mentors that inspire you every day. So if there's any BCBAs listening out there or aspiring, if you're RBT or anything, um, find yourself mentors, find yourself in a position where you have people that inspire you every day that you learn from, or once you get out in the field, you are going to fail. I'm serious. This is life lessons from Casey over here. That was my no, soapbox. <laughs> I, I totally agree. And I feel like I've always made a really intentional effort to kind of find those people and continue to con- kind of, I, I mean, not only do I look up to the people I work with here at WW, but I'm still very close with the people I worked with at Bravo, even as far back as my first boss from when I was at Discovery starting out, kind of always looking at those people as mentors to kind of navigate things as they come up because they've been through it. Um, and I think it's really great to have, I call it my board of directors. So I have my board of directors, my, you know, my boss from discovery, she's got a really strong creative acumen. And when I have a question about something, um, from a cre- with, you know, I love her creative lens. I, then I have, you know, my manager, 
at WW that I really look at from a leadership perspective. And she's really, um, she's Deb. Deb. Oh, Deb is like, Deb is not on my board of directors. Deb is my blueprint. Deb is uh, mine too. And I just met her once. Like, gosh, yeah, she's um, our chief. Uh, she's in, she oversees human truths and social impact at WW. And um, I just, if I can just emulate her entire career, then I'm good. So she's not on the board. She's the blueprint, but, but I hope she listens to this to hear. Yeah, we'll, have to, we'll have to let her listen. But anyway, yeah, so I totally agree. Having those people that you can aspire to look up to is key um, because, and and also I think that our chief brand officer mentioned once in her own podcast that your career happens to you when you're not in the room. So you really have to have those champions that advocate for you when they're in, you know, behind closed doors, when more senior people are having conversations about who they want to put on a specific project or something like that. Um, I think that's really true also in the field of ABA, like the people who are doing the direct care staff, those RBTs are the ones who are in direct contact, doing all the things like you're maybe making these big plans for the program and what you're going to be doing and in finances and this and that. But like the people who are really doing the nitty gritty work are the the team you need to be the strongest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The front line. Yeah. So I, I, I have a question. So what we do with our, um, well, just going to give an example of kids with autism, but as you know, if, since you said you do listen to the podcast, it's not just autism related, yep. but we always do a preference assessment to see what's valuable to the person for what they're going to want to work for. So before I'm going to try having a kid do a task of um, alphabetizing all these files for me, like I need them in order, I'm going to say, hey, what do you want to work for, right? What's valuable? Do you find that depending on certain audiences, you're trying to see yes. what's valuable to them? 100%, 110%. That's literally like a really core piece of what we do all the time. So we, what we do is, you know, we understand um, who our target audience is, and then we kind of, we try to get into their psychographics and we we're constantly kind of assessing the psychographic profiles of those segments. So for example, I think if you were to look at WW or formerly Weight Watchers years ago, we'd kind of look at these key seasons where people kind of reappraise their wellness and weight loss. So think about, I mean, the WDS, we call it winter diet season, right? So right after Christmas, people are like, okay, now is my chance. This is the time I'm going to do it. We see a lot of uptick and receptivity for our brand. So obviously we try to ensure that our message is in surround sound so that whenever they're looking for a partner to help them with their weight loss or wellness journey, work first comes to mind. But then there's also, you know, that's the seasons approach, but now we also look at the reasons. So what are reasons that someone might think about getting married, starting a weight loss journey. Exactly. So how do we identify where those newly engaged brides are, right? Scary fact, but we have, I mean, not we, I should say every brand and advertiser, and I feel like everyone kind of knows this already, has access to a ton of data. We know who just searched on Zola.com and just signed up for a registry. So we can assume that you are in the, in, you know. Okay, while we're asking and you're in marketing, is 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 Amazon listening? Is Alexa taking secret information? I don't think she's taking secret information and I personally have not bought Alexa um, date. I've not bought data that has come from Alexa. I get a lot from Amazon and understanding, for example, someone who's in the market for protein bars and like a yoga mat, we can kind of identify that that person might be a little bit more qualified to invest in a wellness product like WW. But I have heard that Alexa does audio sniffing. Um, and then that does kind of fall into some larger data lake that they store somewhere. I have no idea, but I've heard that she audio sniffs, but. So like I your Alexa is always playing baby shark, right? And so, they know, the so, Alexa so they're like that I have a child, right? So that's so another, you get diaper things like all the time. 
I mean, definitely not. But again, I don't know that Alexa is necessarily, but my Amazon account, the fact that I buy diapers does put me into a segment of the idea that I'm a new mom. And that is the type of data that we love to then be able to target new moms with a, with a message that's going to be relevant. Because remember, it's all about understanding that you're speaking to the right person at the right time with the right message. So for example, is the is the digital display banner so the ad that you see on the side rails of your when you're reading CNN in the morning or the pre-roll video so when you're trying to watch that good morning america clip but you see that 15 second ad before maybe it's um, someone holding a child and talking about her weight loss journey because again we're just building that commonality and that resonance and relevance to make you as a consumer more receptive so always trying to understand what the what the motivation is and where when your life you may be in behavior we call that the mo motivating operation yeah you are so smart i'm mesmerized by you when you talk i'm like oh my god oh my god she knows trust me oh my god (laughs) (laughs) no it's Um, funny i just i just really love marketing like i'm I'm you can tell you can tell you're very passionate about it. i'm very passionate about it so no marketing So is marketing very um, data-driven? Yes. Data-driven, whatever you want to say. Yeah, I don't know. Data, data, same thing. Um, I know. Yes, extremely. I mean, there's different categories that are, you know, more or less data-driven. I would say for TV, it wasn't as, you know, how many people we would have tune into a particular program wasn't as tied to like a P&L and the actual like revenue we were driving per viewer. What's a P&L? profits and losses. So it's almost like a budget where you track like the revenue you bring in and then the output to kind of gain that revenue. So it's kind of just like, you know, this, it's essentially like balancing a budget. Um, But good question. What was I saying? But for us, because we're sold as a digital direct to consumer product. So think about if you sign up for WW, we can definitely understand the entire consumer journey that brought you to our website. We can understand what ads you are exposed to, what ads plural you were exposed to understand the sequence of those ads and understand, you know, so, so ideally if you, and people might've heard about the marketing funnel, it's kind of like marketing 101. And that's our job is I just like a funnel is big at the top and then it gets narrower at the bottom. Our job is to first drive awareness because if you don't know something exists, you can't necessarily consider it. Then we drive consideration, right? So getting you warm, my funnel is getting smaller. Um, and then we have, ideally have adoption or conversion. Have you sign up? then loyalty as we retain you, right? We make sure that you don't cancel. And the very bottom is ambassadorship or advocacy. Hope that you tell your friends about us as well. So um, kind of moving people through that at all times. And you have to continue to have those really large mass media channels that are more like, you know, TV, just getting our message out there. And then on digital is where we kind of go to target people on a one-to-one basis and like click here, sign up now and continue to kind of fill that funnel with people being more broadly aware of us and then continue to follow them through the funnel and then retain them as well. We have an entire team at WW that is solely focused on retention. Um, So what you're saying, I'm sorry, I'm putting you on hold for one second because I know people who are listening to this who are um, in the field studying potentially. There's a few things I heard that I, you call some big marketing words and I think that we would use some other big asshole behavior (laughs) terms, you know? how behavior analysts like to talk in these big terms. But um, so it seems to me, first of all, when you're trying to see what it is pulling someone is, are you like, so when we do something with a child, we want to see, is it really this reinforcement we're providing? That is the one thing that's maintaining this behavior. Like we try to keep extraneous variables, right? Um, like as controls, like we right. don't want, so you want to make sure 
Like it actually was your ad that worked that got them in. Like when you mm -hmm. had that. By the way, Liv and Ellie and my brother-in-law Jethro, my sister got them in to be on cover up the entire Times Square. Oh right. yeah, we should post that on your Instagram. I'll put that on the Instagram. The ad that Jethro and our winter campaign, which is like our biggest hero campaign of the year. Jethro, my husband, was one of the um, members that we featured because he actually lost twenty-one pounds on WW. So we shot him in Malibu, um, and then we had a Times Square out-of-home domination. I'm on 36 screens in Times Square, and my girls were on the main one. I don't know if I had a say in that or not. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. But so, but what I'm saying is, are are you guys trying to do things in terms of saying, was it actually this commercial that worked, or was it that this girl got made fun of five minutes before for being fat? Like, yeah. I, I mean, you can't know everything, can't know but that. are you trying to control yes, as much 100%. as you can? We A B test all the time. A B Z D. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So, I mean, it's something as basic as like an email. So like when you guys get an email from, let's say, who do you get emails from Nordstrom? And it's like our back to school collection, right? They're not just creating one creative version of that. There's probably five of them. And so what they do is they'll create five different versions, the back to school email. That's kind of like the high level marketing message they're trying to put forth. But then maybe in one email, it shows Uggs, Uggs on sale. In another email, it's like, let's show this like cute plaid Tory Burke shirt. I don't know. There's five of them, right? And so they will send that out to like maybe 20% of their email distro listserv and they'll understand which one drove the most click through. So which one had the most people click through and go to their website and ideally shop. Then the, the then rest they'll of the utilize that one. Exactly. Then they, the rest, the 80% is called a holdout group that then they deploy the email based on the winning creative to the rest. So you're constantly trying to make these really informed decisions from a creative standpoint. Um, to, to Sounds like a component analysis. Exactly. Yes. Like they're having all these different things that they're doing, right? And that's, which is in their intervention package. But then what they want to do is they want to isolate, like, okay, let's see if we use um, summer or back to school email A, yeah. right? Like, let's see, let's see what response rate we have for that. Or if we use intervention uh, school email B. So that they could see, they could isolate to see what is responsible for the response that we're getting. And another thing you had said is a huge part is maintaining behavior. So, you know, when in ABA, when we talk about first about um, the acquisition of a behavior, starting with a behavior, Casey, what type of schedule do we use when we're teaching a new behavior? A continuous schedule of reinforcement, right. FR1. Right. We use high ass rate of reinforcement. Like you're going to give it, you're like, oh, here's your free giveaway, right? You might give away some of those free giveaways, whatever it is. You're reaching out to them all the time to get them in the door. Mm -hmm. Now, once they've started and they're engaging in this behavior, you can't just assume that they're going to stay forever, right? Mm -hmm. You're going you to have the retention team, right? Exactly. So retention, I, I would say, like you were just saying, Leah, is going to be your maintenance, right? Yep. You're following up and be like, are they still engaging in this behavior? I'm going to Correct. probe and them once in a while. To try to provide value also, right? So thinking about mm -hmm. how do you continuously send them recipes? And also we try to personalize everything we do. So if we notice that someone's only tracking vegetarian foods, we're not going to send them a steak recipe. So all of those trigger emails that are sent to kind of continue to re-engage our members are based on personalization and data that we have internally. So, you know, again, it's all about con providing continuous value to our members. And then also, I think our Wellness Wins product is actually really interesting. It's the first of its kind where usually you have loyalty programs where people are um, 
rewarded for spending more money. Um, and our wellness wins program is you're rewarded for adopting and maintaining healthy habits. So for example, every time you track a food, you get a win. Every time you track, you know, you work out, you get a win and then you can actually um, trade it in for backup. Reinfor- it's a token economy. Token economy. Token economy. Exactly. And it's also an individualized treatment plan. You just said, when you're saying you personalize it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the so same like, thing as if, you. If this pers- like if this person is a vegan, we're not going to send them like a meat tenderizer. Exactly. Cause that's not going to, that's not going reinforce to reinforce their behavior to them. Behavior it could be a punisher. Yep. Actually, it'd be like, Oh, well, I don't want to do this anymore. Now they're sending stuff that's mean to animals. Yep. So you have to always be now something else I have a question about is response effort. Do you guys put thought into that about first of all, response effort first of all was signing up like how many steps is there are there to record to sign up like oh yeah like if this is too long i'm out right mm-hmm. if it's if it's asking me too much i'm out do you guys think about that and do you also think about response well i'm assuming you do because when i had the app um the fact that you could scan like i didn't want to eat anything that was not already pre-saved in the app <laughs> Like if it wasn't packaged and I had to cook it myself and then add in three fourths of an egg, um, three cups of flour, that seemed like a lot of response effort for me. So I'm like, I'd rather have something packaged where I could just scan the barcode. And um, I think that's what makes it easier than like all the, um, I've done a few of those apps that are like calorie counters and you have to enter everything that you eat and like find it and search it and having like an actual barcode is is yeah it's a game changer we love it yeah we're really proud of it we think it i think when as what i would reference that as in marketing speak is like just ensuring a frictionless experience because anytime you then have friction there's going to be drop off i love constant frictionless I'm going to use them in my, in my daily <laughs> frictionless experience today, guys. Yeah, I really do. Like, it's also a good way dirty. to get it. It's a little yeah, dirty like, also. If you, but anyway, no. Um, <laughs> maybe I just have a dirty mind. But, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think just re- anytime you can reduce friction, and it's really funny, actually, our chief people team officer, um, who, and that, by the way, people team just means HR, but now people don't call it HR because human resources makes it seem like we're like cattle, right? It's like, where it's all about people. So now they're chief people officers. <laughs> he actually wrote a Harvard Business Review article about um, how when you look at um, employee cafes, um, you always have leftover clementines if you put fruit out and the oh, apples, the, the bananas always go first. And because the clementines are friction to have to peel a clementine is considered like a frictional experience. And so I, I always am kind of always thinking about everything we do. I mean, even like obviously having PayPal at checkout, like who the hell wants to bring their, take their credit card out, right? And I think obvious in general, we all just spend more money because it doesn't feel like it's real money. We're not actually doing this, taking the physical effort of like taking our credit card out of our right, wallet. And if they ask for my credit card, I'm like, nope. If they don't have PayPal, yeah, I'm yeah, like, seriously. I'm just, like, I just like, click also, no. Yep. And I think that also just understanding where you might've dropped off can help us with retargeting you. So some, for example, when someone visits our website, we can understand where the drop-off was. If it was when it was time to pay, then maybe we'll retarget you with an ad, right? And you'll see in your right-hand rail again, or it could be at the top of your, you know, where you're reading your news article or whatever website you visit with an offer, like join now for only $0 down. It's like, okay, because we think that maybe what the hurdle was for you was when the monetary um, commitment came up. Um, But then, you know- Are you targeting individual people? Yeah, oh, this can be on a one-to-one basis. Yeah. Holy crap. So if yeah. I went to your website and I stopped at the payment plan, you would be like, I'm going to 
get into Casey's world and put ads around her yep. to make it easier. And, for but, her. but again, and just to be clear, we don't know that you're Casey. Everything, especially with GDPR, is it's completely oh, hashed okay. and confidential. You know, and it's um, so nothing. We we don't know who you are, but we know that this. ID XYZ 23496 dropped off here or got this far along in the signup process. So, um, yeah, that's constant. And then we're also, we're also constantly AB testing our website. Like, do we have the um, sign up button? Obviously, always above the fold. So, that's when you, if when you think about when you have to scroll, every website should have the action that you want to be taken above the fold where you don't have to scroll down to actually see it to take action. So, right. Okay, she's gonna have to analyze the um, behavior your, bitches your website. website. It's really shitty. <laughs> it's I'm so just kidding. I have no idea. No, I really so it. I, I'm kidding. We Wait, haven't done anything on it. No, I mean, no, I'm the happy. behavior bitches one we have not done yet. But so you know, it's ABA. So the first thing you always do when creating a website, and this is also just important to know, is I think it's like seventy percent of website traffic is coming from mobile. So you always want to make sure that you're looking at your URL on your iPhone, right? Because it can look really great, but if you don't have um, a dynamic website that's going to automatically, you know, optimize for a mobile experience. It's going to look really shitty and words are going to be coming off the page. So this looks nice. I mean, it's optimized for desktop. Look, shop now is above the fold. I didn't have to scroll down. Okay. That's good. You see my notes in the background? Yep. Nice. Guys, we're doing work right now. She's putting her sister to work on the study notes. ABA. I know. <laughs> I'm going to start you a consulting fee. Okay. Anyway, but yeah, <laughs> this looks good. I think, again, you have a nice little signal or cue that you're relatable. I like that coffee in the image because you can assume that that's something that's of value to your audience. I think it looks great. Thank you so much. That's the nicest thing she's ever said to me. She is bitchy. She is a behavior bitch <laughs> or a marketing bitch. Wait, I think where she's only bitch? being nice right now. You're going to get off and she's like, this website's a piece of shit. Leah. <laughs> that's literally my sis. Well, okay, wait, what other questions do we have? All right, let's look at our handy dandy outline that we never really look at ever. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. the millions. Go ahead. So I'm assuming that your budget is a little different than our budget here at Behavior Bitches. Yeah. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think about when you are, and obviously everything's relative. Yeah. But what are you thinking about before you go and do a million or multi-million dollar campaign, right? Like, so when you go and I know I get the pictures that you've covered up all of Times Square and the New York Stock Exchange mm -hmm. with Weight Watchers, are you guys just going to be like, oh, let's be ballsy and take a chance? Or are you going to do some research behind that first? Oh my God. Everything has research behind it. And it, we don't work by ourselves. We, we work hand in hand with a media agency um shout out to horizon media um they're an amazing agency partner and maybe so they, they want to sponsor this episode yeah maybe they want to sponsor I'll, I'll have to text um our account leads after this um because this, is, a, this could be a plug. really great recruitment tool for them to to have more people you know, they have a really high retention rate from an employee employee engagement and um satisfaction standpoint so hey um, but, and also their offices are amazing. I think that Jennifer Lopez just shot a movie there. Like their office literally looks like it's like so high tech and beautiful. But anyway. I'm um, talking so to you. I'm really depressed about my own <laughs> office life. I was happy to just get like two chairs and a plant in there the other day. <laughs> and like, I'm a clinician on a magician sign. Yeah, that's all, like I got like this from five below a, a like a felt letter board that I wrote. I'm a clinician, not a magician. And I'm like, this is the oh, best office cool. ever. That's yeah. really cute. Yeah, it's wicked cute. Guys. You love writing. <laughs> you could be a copywriter in your spare time. Um, 
but so what so anyway yes we i think that anytime that you so i always say that marketing and advertising is an art and a science so the science piece has to be there right we have to understand the reach of the platform so under you know if if times square is worth x amount of money and usually we'll kind of try to back into what's called the cpm which is the cost per milli or cost per 1000 impressions we just learned that liat cpm oh yeah good. and by the way okay i just need to teach you something about marketing I've been listening to a lot of marketing podcasts lately. Oh, okay. Because I was figuring out how are we going to sell? How how are we going to get our sponsors for our episodes? And you could have just asked me. Didn't I already tell you? Yeah, we already asked you. But okay. what I'm saying is, and I don't know how aware of you this you are, but because podcasts are so greatly taking over as opposed oh, to the radio. Oh, that's what you're trying to sell me. Yeah. That's what I was trying to sell you, that... You know, it used to be with like a radio station, you could just like look at the general demographic in the area, like, okay, 106.1 Kiss FM is going to play to this many people. Mm -hmm. We're not sure how many people are going to listen. Now, like with podcasts, you could see how many downloads there are. You could see the age of the people doing it. I mean, where they I'm live just, in the country, where they live in the country. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, I think also you guys have a really strong, so I think in general, I mean, we internally at WW, and I think advertisers really do see value in podcasts. And I think that you have really strong affinity audiences. So that's what we'd call an audience that's like highly engaged, right? I don't necessarily think that Kid Craddock could tell you about an espresso machine and you and your listener, his listeners would go and run and get it because it's like, oh, he's just speaking. But I feel like you guys really, your audience has a really strong affinity to what you, and you provide a really strong value to them. So I think that inherently um, advertisers that kind of show up in contextually relevant podcasts um, see a lot of return on investment, even just from a brand equity standpoint. Cause so I guess what we were talking about, and I think we've gone on multiple tangents, but when you're kind of launching a marketing campaign, you first need to, I guess, align on what the KPIs are and that's the key performance indicators. And so is it to drive signups? Yes. That's always going to be our focus because that's what pays the bills and allows us to fire and reach more people. But also there's other key performance indicators. And a lot of times, especially for a brand that's going through a transformation like ours, um, brand equity metrics. So understanding the brand health. And so, you know, that's done through our human insights team. Another shout out to Deb, my blueprint that I referenced earlier. But she's constantly kind of doing take, doing those um, assessing and administering tests with, you know, really large swaths of people to understand how we're performing from a brand health standpoint. And so what we'll do, and this is kind of like, you know, another can you know, but pre post type of thing where before our marketing campaign launches, we'll say, how modern do you think WW is? Well, before we launched as WW when we were Weight Watchers, people were like, not modern at all, right? Like I think of my grandmother with like a sliding scale and that, and so yeah, we're not modern. We'll ask, how likely are you to sign up for WW? Um, when you think of a weight loss program, do you think that, who do you think of as, as number one? We kind of see where we rank. We always usually rank number one, but continuing to ensure that we kind of retain that placement. Um, so, you know, not only driving the signups, but understanding how we're ranking just from like a brand equity and perception standpoint, because that's going to make sure that we stay healthy as a brand and can continue to drive signups down the funnel. Guys, so, that's all about feedback, all about yep, performance feedback. feedback. And that is Agreed. so important. Even with my staff, um, I just implemented a like staff, you know, evaluation checklist and they never had that. And they were all, I was expecting them to all be very uh, like, who are you? Who do you think you are now coming in and doing this? And they were like, we want this so much. This is amazing. Thank you. And it was basically like a checklist. Like, did I show up to time to work on time? Am I dressed appropriately? Am I engaging in the behaviors that I need to engage with my client? Like 
very simple, but holds people accountable. And that's very important. People want feedback and you need feedback to grow. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Yeah. So we're always kind of looking um, at how we're being perceived. And then I think also, you know, the art and the science of it. So the science of understanding, you know, okay, yes, there's this many impressions guaranteed in this place. Oh, we're going to run a spot in the bachelor. We know that that's this audience based on, you know, our, um, after seeing all these girls who like literally don't eat any of their food during the episode, do you ever see that? Well, they get really drunk, right? Cause they just like, no, but they're like, have these full meals delivered to them in the middle of the desert and they don't eat anything. I'm like, that's, uh, that's a waste of food. So, <laughs> <laughs> so tell you, so we're going to need you to, um, come on the team to help us market and give us a script of what we need to say and a whole list. And you're now our consultant. Thank you. Done. You're welcome. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, do you have any answer my call? Well, yeah, just put a piece of chocolate in her mouth and is eating. <laughs> I know because you didn't like eat lunch yet. So I guess you're hungry. It's like almost two o'clock. So before we like wrap it up, should we ask yep. um, her if she has any last marketing tips, advice, or anything? Liat, yeah. As she's shoving her face with chocolate. <laughs> she doesn't think she needs she doesn't need any advice. I'm having behavioral contrast. No, she's okay, talking so, me about so I guess. If you guys are trying to, to me, and so I guess you guys need to also just make sure that you're clear on the dif- difference between marketing and sales. Cause Linky was like, how do I get more people to advertise on our podcast? That is sales. Cause you're selling your product for people to advertise, but how do you market? I.e. get more listeners. Yeah. Like, can you I, post us in Weight Watchers or what? Come on. Yeah. On the podcast today. Yeah. No, I think that could be. So I think that we might have a WW podcast coming at some point. So maybe a mention in there would make sense. But I think, again, it's just if you just, you know, lean on the fundamentals of marketing. Listen, I wish you guys the best of luck to get as many listeners as we have, okay? <laughs> we have 4.6 million members. So if even 10% listen, no, I'm just kidding. But um, I she's think- not kidding. Just, and she's like, yeah. Like, wow. and, and you sitting in your corner office, thinking. <laughs> um. No, but I mean, just remember the the behavioral or the marketing principles of right place, right person, right time. So if you assume and the message that's going to resonate with people. So if you are a behavioral podcast, you probably want to get in front of people that are going to value what you have to offer here. So how do you get in front of those people? Think about where those people are and reach them. And and let's first call out or like not call out, but let's not forget that we have almost 30,000 listeners that we are so Freaking grateful for. We love you guys. And it's such a community. The feedback you give us after um like minutes into being released episode, there's like hundreds and hundreds of listeners. And I'm like, how is this happening? And we I know so you guys thankful. I can tell. I, I would totally agree. And I think that that's a really critical piece of your expansion, right? Because as we talked well, about, we the had the model, audience there. Like we had the audience because right, we offered have, value and to you them. have retention, right? Because they're coming back and they're listening to other episodes. But at the very bottom of the funnel, if you guys remember, is advocacy. So how do you inspire these really loyal listeners to advocate for you? Is it by telling people if you share this podcast with three people, you're entered into a prize or a sweepstakes to have dinner with Liat and Casey? I don't know. But (laughs) we've never met. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, it'd be nice for you guys to meet first. But maybe it's like they actually get to watch your meeting. And like, imagine that. You're totally right. I mean, and think about it. We also we have to think about MOs for people right now. A lot of people who are listening are studying. So it's like, listen, if you do X, right? We work with the contingency. We will do a one or a two on one tutoring session for you. Ooh, like you have yeah. both of us. Like yeah. we got to see what's valuable to them at the time. Like right now, I don't exactly. know if we dinner, they're studying. Like, so to have 
the behavior bitches with them studying that might be valuable. Right. But understanding so what let's do in their journey. How, how do you think we should do it? What should be it? We're going to listen to her and we're going to follow through with it. Well, I just don't know where the majority of your listeners, I guess it, it doesn't have to be a specific reward. I think you guys are the reward. And then how that reward comes to life or is expressed can be according to whoever wins it. But maybe you'd say that you know, we know and that you guys are our most um, loyal listeners. And ideally, if you could help us expand by advocating for us to your friends. Or posting in your own social media. Post your own social media and tag us. And if those people start to follow us, then they're entered into a sweepstakes to win a two-on-one, two girls with one Zoom. Two girls, (laughs) one Ew. No, I, I think that this is a great, great advice. And it, it wasn't supposed to turn into kind of like this podcast about how to market us. But um, I think oh, that well, having- I'm odd about you utilizing what you have, guys. But I, mean, I think that also, um, you know, we need, yeah, doing more of those um, giveaways where if you tag two friends in our Instagram and then having something that we give away, I think that is how you expand your social media reach for sure. Well, we are starting Patreon. Do you know anything about that? No. Is that selling- space in your podcast no patreon is we can talk about it later but it is really cool because it gives people who are like your loyal members um like for a small subscription fee a month like five dollars a month they get like extra episodes they get um they'll get like some merch sent and it's like this a lot of small business uh, program create like creativity um and if anyone out there makes logos and wants to come up with a cool uh logo for us message us because we want to start doing merch and we That's don't think it should cool. say bitches on it, but it should say definitely something um, related to us. Yeah. Wait, you have a merch person for us. Mm-hmm. Swag. Swag, yeah. I'm okay. a great merch person. All right, guys. This has been great. I've learned Thank a ton for having me. about marketing. I'm so excited. I have one last question before we end. It's really quickly. Tell me what it's like to have a sister who's a behavior analyst, especially when she comes and like takes care of your kids. Um. So... <laughs> She definitely thinks that she knows everything. And it's, it's like, it's, I mean, this girl really does live um, what she does, which is, I think is really cool. It's so amazing to, to love what you guys do. And it's clear that you guys do. So kudos to you. But um, sometimes it's like, we're just eating dinner. And it's like, oh my God, like you're being reinforced because you're eating that. I don't know. Like, I just feel like it constantly, it's like, you want to, what, what are these words that you use? Mo- motivational operant frequency oh you mean uh, whatever you mean overcorrection yeah so but anyway and then I think it's interesting because she's like I'm gonna get your kids and whip them into shape like they're gonna be doing this 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 by the time you see them after I'm done with them and it's like then she just ends up like painting rocks with them and doing you know just regular things and she's not the guru okay that's not true I did not tell them I'm gonna have them like literally sitting to ABCs but just saying when your daughter has been here the past week at Camp Liat she had lots of tantrums and I'm just telling her, like, I put that shit on extinction. I'm like, anyways, I continue my life. So and you're teaching some verbal operants and, and I'm getting, have you seen, I put them on my Instagram stories. No, I need to look to teach. I Don't like watch people, people think they're cute. So, you know, I think they're very reinforcing and it's going to be returning after. Cause usually my sister texts me all day and I never respond. I probably respond. I think my reinforcement schedule is like once every six months. So I would say six months. That's a long. It's an FI six. It's an FI six. FI like no six months. Like yeah. So like a lot of days. Yeah. 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 She's bitchy. Whatever. But anyways, 
As always, thanks so much for coming on, sis. It's the nicest thing you've done for me in a while, especially considering you haven't got me a birthday present in a few years. I did turn 29 last I know, week. Shit. So thank you so much for coming on. It's not like I buy your girl stuff every day. I know. Really. And know. thank you guys all for listening again and tuning in to episode nine. I can't believe we've even made it this far. That's amazing. Um, and go find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast, Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast. Um, and yeah, send us some DMs. DMs if you you want to slide in them, slide <laughs> on in there. All right, let's put that without any friction. Without All any right, friction. on that friction note, there. love ya, mean, mean it. it. <laughs> <laughs>Hey guys, it's Liat here, and I just wanted to take the time for just a single second of your time and tell you about something awesome. As you know, Casey and I are super into this podcast thing going on here and getting it started. And I just wanted to let you know that there's an easy way to get it done. And that is what I'm going to tell you right now about Pretty Easy Podcast. Thank God we got in touch with the team at Pretty Easy Podcast. They help you do everything from start to finish. They will get your show up there. They will record the episode for you. They will produce it. They will add bleeps in if you're full of F-bombs like myself. Whatever it is that you need, they will do it. When you first said you wanted to start a podcast, I was like, okay, we can do that. We have no idea what we're doing. I never really thought it would get off ground until we met Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast and he put all my fears to rest. He helped us get everything going from all of our audio, audio editing and production and hit our song that we have, which is amazing, by the way. We're allowed to record from our own homes. He helps us with our guests. Um, he caters to our schedule. Come on, Leah, we are the worst with scheduling. I mean, I know we said we're going to have a podcast a week. So far, we're out a few days, but hey, he works with us. That's what we need. But the point is, we were looking at how we could download all these different programs to try learn how to do all this podcasting stuff. But truth is, it's affordable. It's much easier to have someone do it for you. You could go to prettyeasypodcast.com and you could get started today. So. I say go. I say if you want to be heard, if you have something to say, like we do, we love the sound of our own voices, and we found Alan who lets our voices shine. So thank you, Alan, at prettyeasypodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs>